friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Kolb. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. It's my job on this show to have conversations with those thought leaders who really support the credit union community. We get together, chat, and identify issues that are affecting credit unions, have a discussion on some of the best practices out there so that we can all learn from one another and improve our credit unions. I am really thrilled to have today's guest on our show. Mike Ruder, the executive director of the Worldwide Foundation for Credit Unions, is joining me. I want to jump right into the conversation. Mike, thank you so much for being here. Good morning, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, really excited to get to talk to you today. I'd like to start, though, with a little bit of background on you. Most of us didn't grow up thinking that we would get to work with credit unions someday. Probably most of us grew up not even knowing what credit unions were. So I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up? I actually wanted to be an uh, American history professor at a university, believe okay. it or not. I was uh, at a very young age. I was a history nerd, uh, memorized the president's frontwards and backwards, was really quasi-obsessed with a myriad of historical topics like the Titanic and, and other types of historical subjects. So I just truly wanted to get out into the community and, and connect with people re- related to their past and their culture and their history. Oh, I love hearing that. I don't know that I've heard American history professor from any other guest <laughs> that we've had on the podcast. Well, and I would say now you are making history in, in your new role, which is really cool. So what was the inspiration for you to step into this role as executive director at the Worldwide Foundation? You know, in most of my career, I, uh, opportunities have kind of fallen in my lap. I haven't necessarily been seeking them out. And, and this is exactly what happened with the, the Worldwide Foundation Executive Director role. A colleague of mine in, in my former life as a museum CEO, you know, thought I'd be a great fit for the organization, the, the scope of the work that, that we do at the Worldwide Foundation. And I was honored to be invited to, to be a part of the work and lead the foundation. And we've, we've done some incredible things over the last five years. It has been so cool to see. And I know for those of our listeners who maybe are a little bit familiar, but not totally familiar with the Worldwide Foundation, especially as it's related to Woku, but a little different. Can you give us some historical context of the Worldwide Foundation's International Credit Union Relief Support Systems in Crisis? Yeah, absolutely. So Worldwide Foundation was created a few years after Woku itself, or World Council, was created in the mid-1970s. And we were really created because people in, in credit unions wanted to help grow the, the global credit union system, help credit union systems in times of crisis. And so we were obviously established as a 501c3 nonprofit here in Madison, Wisconsin. And ever since then, we've we've been seen as kind of the, the conduit for not just U.S. credit unions, but credit union systems around the world and, and people that work within them for them to be uh, seen as kind of this global credit union philanthropy tool and resource. We started out as just simply doing disaster relief support. And we've expanded very, very significantly to support our Global Women's Leadership Network initiative, our Cup initiative, and obviously in the here and now with our Ukrainian colleagues with what's going on over there. Absolutely. Well, and we have a lot to talk about, I think, with the evolving situation in Ukraine. I'm curious, as you are sort of thinking about the future of Worldwide Foundation or what you offer to the industry today, you know, it's, it's probably come a long way since it was established back in the day. What would you say is the main way that you're adding value to the industry today? What I've found is that in my travels through the U.S. system is that uh, credit union people want to engage and learn from other credit union people, not just necessarily in, do- in a domestic sense, but in an international sense. And I think there's a lot of aha moments, a lot of light bulbs that go off when we at the Worldwide Foundation talk about 
the different uh, engagement programs that we have, the value proposition of the Global Women's Leadership Network to connect credit union women together globally to talk about barriers that they are facing within the system and in their communities, connecting young professionals, our YPs together globally through our YCUP initiative. The Worldwide Foundation can offer a, a kind of like this a la carte menu of global uh, credit union engagement experiences and programs that credit unions and individuals can kind of pick from or self-select from. We have recently in the last year created a, a new initiative called Global Bridges that kind of brings all those independent initiatives that we offer under the foundation brand together into one cohesive global credit union learning journey, so to speak. So that And, and a lot of credit unions in the U.S. have been uh, participating with us on having us build that journey for them, which is really exciting. Thanks for that insight. I, I think from the perspective of a lot of credit unions in the U.S., sometimes it's easy to get stuck into our own country and, and not think globally. And so I, it's really great to see the work that you all are doing and really championing that. And as we're recording this episode, a spring of 2022, there's a lot of global unrest surrounding Russia's attacks on Ukraine. And I know this global headline hits especially close to home for you and for the Worldwide Foundation. And so could you talk to me about what is the work that you all are doing over there? I know there's a new fundraising effort in support of Ukrainian credit unions. Talk to me about what the Worldwide Foundation is doing. Well, it all started at GAC. Obviously, we were all there together in the days before GAC when Russia in- invaded uh, Ukraine. And, you know, historically, our supporters in the U.S. know that we have a historically a donor reception at one of the embassies in D.C. during GAC. However, we pivoted this year and had it at the National Museum of the American Indian. And we're planning on kind of unveiling our fundraising campaign, awareness campaign for 2022, which was which is called Bridge the Gap. We had to pivot uh, within a 24-hour period to scrap some of that, some of that messaging and some of that program to really, of course, put a singular spotlight on supporting our Ukrainian credit union colleagues. And so we created the Ukrainian Credit Union Displacement Fund. And this fund is not dissimilar to similar efforts in the past that we've we've executed to support uh, Caribbean credit union disaster relief in the wake of a hurricane or a typhoon out in Asia and some of the, the Philippine and Indonesian credit union systems, we've responded similar. This is obviously on a completely different level and scale, but we wanted to take advantage of the fact that hundreds of our supporters were going to join us at the event at GAC, as well as you know using the platform of GAC to share that we're already one of the um, global credit union first responders in helping support Ukraine's credit union system. And so so the fund is open right now. We opened it on February 27th. It's it's actively open and will continue to actively be open throughout the crisis. And we're really leveraging funding to do two things. One is term to support the relief uh, needs of uh, Ukrainian credit union members, citizens, uh, the humanitarian side, of course, which we're seeing or all seeing that, you know, unfortunately, horrific photographs and videos of what's happening over there within the country. But we also, and, and historically, I think the niche that we've historically played with our relief aid efforts is the recovery phase, the rebuilding of credit union systems, not just rebuilding brick and mortar branches, but also seeing it as an opportunity, quite frankly, to ask questions of our credit union colleagues who need this level of rebuilding support. You know, is this an opportunity to accelerate the digitization of your system? Is this an opportunity to refresh the the strategic plan or the strategic direction of your system? Um, and we've always been seen as the industry leader in marshalling volunteer resources, not just financial resources, but also thought leadership and volunteers that want to travel to those countries 
in, con- in conjunction and collaboration with us to help chart a, a, a stronger, more sustainable, brighter future for these credit union systems that have undergone this crisis. And it's, it's not going to be very dissimilar to what will occur with Ukraine. I think because the crisis hasn't fully unfolded yet and we don't know when it will end, we, we are being very pragmatic in keeping a, a significant amount of our displacement fund in reserve so that we can start to plan and, and collaborate on what are going to be some of those specific rebuilding projects that Ukrainians credit union system needs. That's so critical to the support of the global credit union system. And I think for a lot of credit unions in the United States, it's a, an interesting option. I, I, a lot of them, are, I think, are probably just wondering what we can do to help. And so it's really great to hear about the work that you all are doing in championing that. And I know you also have a Ukrainian task force, which is really a partner coordination between the Royal Council, um, Worldwide Foundation, and more of your global partners. So what's the purpose of the task force? How is that different from the displacement fund? And, and how are credit unions in the U.S. really able to continue to get involved? Yeah, so the task force is World Council and Worldwide Foundation's joint attempt at leading the conversation and activity around relief and recovery for Ukraine's credit unions specifically. And so... Even at GAC, we got together with leadership from the Ukrainian credit union diaspora community here in the United States to start to welcome them to the table with us to talk through how we can collaborate our resources, our thought leadership towards, you know, the baseline of what is everyone doing? What's everyone doing from a fundraising perspective? What's everyone doing from a humanitarian coordination perspective? But then as equally as important long term, what are, you know, let's put all the ideas on the table in terms of what Ukraine's credit union system is going to need with respect to rebuilding. Within the World Council, we have an active USAID project in Ukraine right now. There are actually credit unions that are still conducting business in the western parts of the country. And so we have about, we have roughly a dozen uh, staff members in Ukraine who are, who are very passionate, clearly, uh, and have a clear vision, an exciting, ambitious vision for growing Ukraine's credit union system, advancing it, digitizing it quickly. And so the task force is really, uh, the bulk of the task force is going to be to set forth ideas and lay forth a plan that ideally World Council and Worldwide Foundation can get funding, you know, larger funding for to, to then implement projects in Ukraine once the crisis is over to build back better Ukraine's credit union system. That is incredible. I, I think when we're imagining sort of something like this global crisis unfolding, it's easy to think, okay, well, once it's over, it's over. But then to your point, there's so much rebuilding that will need to take place. And so I think we'll all just sort of be awaiting the news and headlines and hoping that we can rebuild sooner than later. As you're looking forward, I'm curious from your perspective, it's relatively recent that you took this role at the Worldwide Foundation. What are you seeing for the future? I think when your organization is is unique in the industry because it is a globally focused one. And so from your perspective as a leader in the States, what are some of the overall trends that you're seeing for the future of the industry globally? And what is the Worldwide Foundation really focusing on for the road ahead? Yeah, so the Worldwide Foundation will continue to be positioned as one of the key engagement agents, you know, between U.S. credit union system and it, and their international counterparts. Even beyond that, we're currently engaging you know, engaging international credit union systems to to connect, to engage, to learn, to share best practices, to deploy specific projects between one another. We're going to continue to to play that role. We've got a new leader at the World Council, Alyssa McCarter Laborde, who's our president and CEO, and she's in the here and now, taking us through a strategic refresh process that is going to output some exciting new potential initiatives that Worldwide Foundation and World Council can 
take to our U.S. community as well as the international community to say, hey, let's all come together and let's let's deploy these initiatives for the greater good and the greater sustainability and strengthening of our credit union system with specific application to maybe perhaps one or two initial countries to deploy. And then we can replicate and scale to other credit union systems that need these types of technical projects or technical uh, capabilities to evolve and to, and to serve members better. I had the pleasure of attending the Global Women's Leadership Breakfast at GAC and got to see her speaking a little bit too. It's been really wonderful to to see the ways that you all are refreshing both the Worldwide Foundation and the Woku brand as well and, and the mission that you've got there. I think as we're starting to wrap up the show here, we, we have some rapid fire questions for you. But before that, I want to ask you if there are any ways, you know, folks in the U.S. who are listening today, oh, so many people want to be able to support Ukraine and the work that's going on over there. What do you think is the best way for credit union leaders to maybe support the work that you're championing in Ukraine? I think in the here and now, because the humanitarian crisis, I mean, we're talking about 2.5 million refugees that have currently, and the number continues to climb, right, every single day, is is to encourage and, and ask you know, for charitable contributions to the Displacement Fund through the Worldwide Foundation to help with the initial humanitarian effort. One of the things I did want to share that I didn't share before in my commentary was we are in the process of forwarding $50,000 of the initial fund balance to an NGO in Ukraine who is helping displaced families who are fleeing the eastern part of the country to the, the western part to provide them food, medical supplies, shelter, a, a warm bed if needed. There's going to be a significant need for that for, for quite, quite some time. But I do want to let our community know in the United States that, you know, your contribution will also, a portion of that will also be saved in escrow to uh, support the, the future rebuilding efforts of Ukraine's credit union system. So, and I, I do want to give a shout out to so many credit unions who have already stepped forward, credit unions who have never supported us in the past, who are stepping forward with a thousand, five thousand, twenty-five thousand. There's even, a, if, if I'm allowed to shout out one credit union in, in particular, California Credit Union, who has laid down a challenge to their members and their staff to contribute up to a hundred thousand dollars in individual donations by the early part of April. And if they meet that, the credit union will match it with another hundred thousand to our fund. So. This this is a prime example of people helping people. This is a prime example of credit unions stepping forward if, if they're not necessarily connected to Ukraine with respect to member diaspora, member member communities. They know that their credit union colleagues over there are in crisis and need help, and, th- and they are very much stepping forward in support. So I would encourage the U.S. sector to continue to support in any way that they can, uh, but more specifically in the here and now through a donation to our displacement fund. Well, we will link to that in the show notes here. So anybody who's listening can get connected to that easily. It's such an important perspective to have that we are part of the global system and not just the, you know, the national system or the local community too, but, but really credit unions across the globe are all with the same mission here of supporting the financial well-being of consumers. As we wrap up the show, um, I, we like to have some rapid fire questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So we say that the questions are rapid. Your answers don't have to be. So if you're ready, we will dive in here to the rapid fire section. Let's do it. All right. Okay. So Mike, what is a recent purchase that you didn't know you needed that has become something you just can't live without? <laughs> so my wife and I and my our twin daughters who are nine, we live here in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin, and we We've owned a home for the last four years. Unbeknownst to us, you know, in the, in the cold winters of Wisconsin, it was it was quite cold in our house, and we realized 
after some deeper analysis, we realized, we realized we didn't have a lot of insulation in our attic and our house was, was not insulated to the capacity that it needed to be. So we just invested in quite a bit of re-insulation of our house to, to make sure it's warm and, and, and sound going forward. And so that was, that was a purchase I clearly didn't, a very expensive purchase I didn't know that we needed, but definitely we can't live without it because we need that proper heating and cooling in the summer and winter times of, of Wisconsin. No kidding. Well, Wisconsin, for those who don't live here, it gets very, very cold. I did not know that before I moved here. <laughs> we had some negative 30s a couple of years ago and, and then very, very hot in the summer too. So definitely the, the insulation is critical. All right. When you hear the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind for you and why? Oh, someone that you and I both, and this is the first person that popped in my mind. So I'll just be completely transparent. Chad Helmanak from the National Crayon Foundation. For some reason, Chad is, I, I always joke with Chad. I say, you know, if T-Mobile, like your top five, like Chad, Chad's in my top five of my credit union. Uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's just, he leans in, he's moved the DE program forward by leaps and bounds. He's such an inspirational leader and friend, colleague, uh, mentor in a lot of ways. He's just such a strategic thinker. So when I think of just someone in, 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 in my short time in Credit Union land who's been s- supremely successful is Chad, 100%. Love that. Well, and we'll have to put a plug here for the CUDE program, the Credit Union Development Educator Program. We'll link to that as well. That's that through the National Credit Union Foundation. So any of our listeners today who want to get connected to that really cool program that Chad is leading over at the National Foundation. All right, Mike, random question. What are you listening to most often these days? You know, I'm listening on Spotify. I'm listening to 80s music for some, I mean, you know, born in 1978, I, I was obviously a toddler and, and not, not, I don't have a lot of recall about the, the decade of the 80s, but for some reason, I just love, I love Prince. I love the police. I love the Smiths. I, I just love 80s music. And so I've been on repeat listening to 80s mixes <laughs> over the last few, few weeks and days here. So, yeah. That's amazing. I'll have to turn some 80s on after the show here. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any books that you have gifted or you just think everybody should read? So as I'm doing this podcast, I'm looking back at my bookcase here in my home office. The book that I just gifted during the last holiday season was the You Are a Badass by Jen Cicero. I don't know if other podcast uh, attendees have stated that book, but it's just an unapologetic tome that really just invites you to just kind of like just take life you know, by the, you know what, and just move forward and, and, and just lean in and make your destiny your own. And I, I think I take, take a lot of inspiration for that. No one's going to give you what you want in life. You have to go out and get it. And so be a, be a badass and go get it. And I think that's, that's very inspirational to me. I love that. We will link to that as well here. All right. The calendar is empty. What do you do to unwind outside of work? Also, is your calendar ever empty? Not right now with our Ukraine crisis situation. It's not going to be clear anytime soon. But we have a basketball, a little basketball court adjacent to our home. I, I take my daughter, my twin daughters over there and we shoot hoops a little bit. Sit in the backyard uh, with, in our in our Adirondack chairs, my wife and I just enjoying the nice Wisconsin weather. Hopefully it's going to be nicer today. So we'll be able to do that. Um, I do a lot of reading. I, you know, Being a former history professional, I read a lot of nonfiction history books, but I also do read, I do try to stay up and like read um, like leadership books and better, you know, how to be better at time management, you know, boring stuff, but stuff that I know will help me just throughout life in general. 
Well, that sounds like a wonderful afternoon. And uh, definitely the book you mentioned, I'll have to add to my list too. So that'll be a fun, fun summer read for me. As we wrap up here, of course, we'll link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. Thank you so much, Mike, for, for all of the things that you've shared with us about your work in Ukraine, the Displacement Fund, the task force that you and, uh, and Woku have put together there. It's so great to hear about it. Do you have, for our listeners today, any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of the folks who are, who are joining in? Just continue to support our Ukrainian colleagues. That you know, We don't know when this crisis is going to end, but they're going to need all the support we can get, both in the short and the long term. And I know that we can always count on our U.S. community, our, our current global champions, those of you out there who are not connected to the Worldwide Foundation in any way, shape, or form. This would be an initial way to do that. And I guarantee you, you won't regret the commitment knowing that you're going to help play a role in helping to support our Ukrainian credit union peers with the current needs, as well as helping them rebuild for a brighter future in Ukraine. Well, what a, a perfect way to wrap up the show today. Thank you so much. And again, we'll link to everything that you talked about here. So those credit union folks who want to get involved in supporting the work that you're doing can do that as well. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Mike, hopefully can get to see you again in person sometime soon. And in the meantime, thanks so much and be well. Uh, it's always my pleasure, Lauren. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you.